Eagles 27-20 loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. A game we both picked them to lose, so I shouldn't say it was overly surprising, but the way they lost was, um, you know, the offensive line struggled. LeGarrette Blunt didn't play at all, um, something that we both kind of advocated for, but I didn't think would actually happen. The game was close for most of it. The Eagles almost took a lead into, into the half. Um, so I thought... You know, there was some good, there was some some bad, as always. So we're going to get into all those things. Um, but I think the main story from here to start with is Garrett Blunt. So Matt, you spoke to Blunt after the game here at Arrowhead. What were what was his? Before we get into our opinion, sure. Like, what did he say about the fact that, um, you know, one week after leading the team in carries, he didn't register a single attempt? If I'm correct. Yeah, I asked him point blank. I said, you know, are you confident and comfortable in your role if it's kind of more of the same? If it's more of this in the next couple of weeks? And he said, you have to ask Doug Peterson, I can't predict the future. Which is kind of telling for a guy standing there in sunglasses after only logging one touch, which was a catch for zero yards, no carries in the game. And this is a guy that a week ago, Elliot, led the Eagles in rushing, albeit only averaging 3.3 yards per carry. The bottom line is, this team cannot run the football. They can't block up front. They were getting no push into the second level from Mm -hmm. the offensive line. And you look at the game plan this week. All we heard about... Garrett Blunt talked about it on Friday. Doug Peterson talked about it throughout the week. They're going to try and run the ball. They're going to try and be more balanced. They have to be more effective running the ball. The end result? Ten designed runs for Darren Sproles, three for Wendell Smallwood, 13 running plays after only dialing up 20 run plays a week ago. Elliot, that's not going to get it done. Yeah, and I I asked Doug after the game, uh, I said, look, why why did you not use Blunt this week? And his his answer was basically, I I thought Doug was, Doug's never going to be a guy to rip someone at the podium. I thought he was trying to answer without pointing the finger at Blunt, but it was pretty clear he felt Blunt didn't get the job done last week. I mean, he said, look, he wasn't happy with how the ball was being run. He felt that he wanted to switch things up a little bit. And, the, I mean, the result is clear. Blunt didn't touch the ball at all. Um, and the interesting thing to me is when you look at what the Eagles finished with running the ball, um, I think they ended with 107 yards, but 55, 55 of those them. came from yeah. Wentz. So, I mean, they really couldn't get anything going in the running game. Um, the question is, going forward, what do you do? So, Blunt, obviously, I mean, you know, we, you talked about it in the preseason about whether or not he could be released. I think at this point the chances of that are, on, uh, are slim. But do you – force him back onto the field next week. You continue to go with Sproles. I thought Sproles played pretty well against the Chiefs. What did he finish with? Yeah, I uh, thought Sproles played pretty well. 10 carries for 48 yards. That's in the ground game, and he also caught... So 4.8. Yeah, that, he, that's roughly what Blunt had last week. Right. I mean, it, I guess four, four well, less yard, carries. A yard and a half more than Blunt, and, and, and Sproles also caught two passes for 20 yards. So, obviously, he was a focal point of the offense, both in the run game and the passing game. But, Elliot, you and I both know from watching Darren Sproles over the last three years... I don't know how feasible it is for him to have 15 to 16 touches or targets per game. No. I mean, that's going to be tough for them. And the thing is, the, the funny thing is, we talked about Blunt and his, I think he had 320-something carries last year, including the playoffs. So you really can't use him a ton either. So that's the Eagles' situation. They have Blunt, who's not playing well, and you can't really rely on him to touch the ball a ton. And Sproles, a guy that is clearly this team's best running back. When he's in there, you can really see how much better the running game is. I mean, almost four and a half yards a carry today for him. So I thought he played well, but you're right. You can't have him carrying the ball 20, 25 times a game. And the Eagles might not want to have a running back like that. 
But that's an issue because they need somebody that's going to be better in the running game. And but you need yeah. to have a committee. If you're not going to have right. Garrett Blunt be your three-down back, if you're not comfortable, which I don't think you should make Garrett Blunt a three-down back, I don't think he has that in him. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to have Darren Sproles be your three-down back, which is a problem in terms of keeping him healthy and effective for 16 weeks, and you're not going to feature Wendell Smallwood at all, then you have to strike a balance. And you yeah. have to get all three of those guys involved in the running game because it's not sustainable to drop Carson Wentz back 46 times today and 49 last week. It, it's not sustainable for your, your quarterback to drop back more than 40 or 45 times per week. You become no. one-dimensional. You become easy to defend. And ultimately, Elliot, with an offensive line that can't pass protect, and you're asking Darren Sproles, one of the smallest running backs in NFL history, to pass protect, you're opening yourself up to getting Carson Wentz injured. You're and opening you know, yourself up to derailing your entire season yeah. because you can't effectively run the ball or can't find a balance of how to use your running backs to run the ball. And I thought Doug's answer um, after the game was was really weird to me. I mean, uh, you know, you weren't there, but let me tell you what he said and you can tell me what you think. So I asked Doug, or um, someone asked Doug, are you concerned about all the times Wentz has been hit? And his answer was basically, yeah, I don't want Wentz to get hit, but at the same time, he makes a ton of plays with his legs. He's able to, to run the ball, as we saw today, 55 yards. But his answer wasn't exactly, yeah, we got to protect our quarterback. His answer was kind of, yeah, it's a give and a take. He's going to get hit, but he's going to run. And to me, that's a dangerous mindset for this team. Yeah, Carson can can run the ball, but you don't want him to run the ball. I mean, I think in the past, last season and last week, he hasn't really ran the ball past the line of scrimmage a ton. Uh, he did today. He, he did had, today, he had yeah. two, two scrambles, one for 13 yards that moved the chains and another one for 11 yards and a couple of gains that weren't quite, you know, that substantial, but still scrambling running plays that he made. And that goes back to not being able to run the ball, Elliot, because if it's not him scrambling and running for his life and, and avoiding the sack, it's him running out of the pocket and trying right. to make a play with his legs. And, and ultimately, at the NFL level, that that's opening yourself up to getting him hurt. And he took some big hits today. Yes, he did. I mean, he took took one. I forget who it was that hit him, but he attempted the pass. He gets hit right in the gut. He goes down. Looked very similar to the hit last year in the preseason where he broke his rib. So before we move on to the offensive line, the running game again, like today I thought was especially painful for Eagles fans to watch probably because on the other side of the ball, you have Kareem Hunt, a guy that the Eagles could have drafted, I mean, in the first or second round, or could have traded up in the third to take. But just not just Hunt. It's just, well, two things on Hunt. One, it's just painfully obvious how bad this team needs a a youth. They need a better rookie, better rookies at running back than they have now. I mean, Corey Clement, I think, has the potential. He didn't even touch the ball today. Donnell Pumphrey's on, on unsigned on rookie free agent, by exactly, the way. Exactly, right. Un, uh, yeah, exactly. But then you have Cream Hunt on the other side, and you can really see what he does for this offense. I mean, the Chiefs receivers didn't really do much today. Um, I thought the Eagles cornerbacks did a decent job keeping them in check, at least in terms of big plays. But I thought Cream Hunt was really kind of Cream Hunt and Jay, and uh, not Jason. Well, you got to consider Travis Kelsey a, yeah, well, a receiver. Say, right. Eight catches on ten targets for 103 yards and a touchdown with that 44-yarder being the big one when he was isolated one-on-one against Malcolm Jenkins. Then you had the score where you leaped over the goal line into the end zone. That was an amazing play. Yeah, and and Connolly, four for 55. I mean, when you're averaging, when you're getting your top three receiving targets, averaging 14 yards a catch, 11 yards a catch, 13 yards a catch, that's balance. That's spreading it around. And that's before you even look at Kareem Hunt, who didn't have a monster game, but still three for 28. You had to respect his speed, and it still had an impact on the game. But I guess what I'm saying is when Kareem Hunt touches the ball, you, there's just a different feeling about him with the ball than there is with anybody else on the Eagles. Sure, he, he averaged six yards a carry. Yeah, yeah. And, and then the Eagles, defenses, the Eagles 
running defense is not bad. This wasn't, you know, Cream Hunt beating up on a bad defensive front. The Eagles have a very good front seven. Yep. Cream Hunt's just a special player. And you look at all the running backs that went in the draft. I mean, Dalvin Cook. I know Christian McCaffrey and Fournette were probably unrealistic. But Dalvin Cook, Kareem Hunt, Tariq Cohen. I mean, there's been tons of rookie running backs that have come into the league and had immediate impact. And the Eagles not only aren't getting immediate impact from their rookies, they're not getting an impact from anybody. I mean, LeGarrette Blunt clearly, you know, I guess there's a small chance things turns around. Things could turn around, but as now it looks like that signing is going to end up being a disaster. Darren Sproles, as we've talked about, you can't use him a ton, so you can't really use him as that number one back. But and you're kind of playing out the string with him because he has maybe one more season after this right. left in the tank. So you're not developing that position. You're not developing a Wendell Smallwood. You're not developing a Corey Clement. And like you've been saying, they whiffed in the draft. I mean, when you talk Big about time. this being a historically deep draft class, and you come away with a scat back type of running back slash slot receiver and Denel Pumphrey who now tore his hamstring and will miss significant time that's a miss that's a yeah. miss for Howie Roseman that's a big miss for Joe Douglas who was getting a lot of credit and a lot of praise running up to the draft but to go into the season this woefully inefficient at the running back position you set yourself up for it to cost you multiple games it set you up to make yourself a one-dimensional offense and one-dimensional offenses unless you have a top five defense in the league they're not that successful. You're not going to no. make the playoffs throwing the ball 45 times a and game. we could do an entire podcast on Howie Roseman's draft history, but I think especially today this is worth noting as Kareem Hunt has a great game against the Eagles and the Eagles struggle to run the ball. Since Howie took over the title of general manager, this team has drafted five running backs in eight years. So that already is kind of alarming. But here are the guys he's drafted. Charles Scott in the sixth round. Deion Lewis in the fifth round. Bryce Brown in the seventh round. None, 2013, 14, 15. Granted, that's when Chip was here. 2016, Wendell Smallwood in the fifth round. This year, Donald Pumphrey in the fourth. None of those guys are impact players. Deion right? Lewis is a, is a bit of a player, but he's not here. Right, and not you gave yet. up on him too quick. So, so you drafted five running backs in eight years, and none of them are having impact on your roster. I'm not saying every year the running back position is deep, but there's been enough chances for the Eagles to find a young running back here that could have made an impact, and they've completely missed. So... To move on from the running back, obviously one part of the reason the running game struggled was the offensive line overall. Um, Offensive line didn't play good today. I mean, clearly the running game didn't get going. But let's just talk about the offensive line from a pass protection standpoint. It wasn't good. It was not good. And they gave up six sacks today. Could have been a lot more. As Doug mentioned, Wentz got out of a lot with with his uh, ability to extend plays and avoid pressure. But six sacks, three of which seemed to be directly responsible from Isaac Sayamalu. The Eagles have an issue with Sayamala. It was their third-round pick in 2016. Um, Everyone says he played well last year. I disagree. I thought he was okay last year. This year, he's been really bad. And the the larger issue is the Eagles' offensive line has now played nine quarters together, one in the preseason and then these two past games, and they've been really bad. So a unit that I thought was going to be a strength of this team, and I think a lot of people thought that, is now, in my opinion – far and away the weakest part of this. And and I know that it's easy to overreact and say that, you know, the Eagles offensive line is going to be like this every week, but just take one, not even a full step back, take a half step back. Justin Houston, D Ford, two of the top two outside edge rushers in football. You expect them to struggle as an offensive line today, but I'm with you. Isaac Sayamalu completely regressed from where he was a year ago. Lane Johnson has been average at best. I didn't think Jason Kelsey, excuse me, Jason Peters played particularly well today. He gave up a sack in the first half of the game. And they don't really leave themselves a lot of options here. Sure, you could say take out Isaac Sayamalu and put in Stefan Wisniewski. You might get better effort, but Wisniewski re-signed here as a backup because nobody wanted to sign him on the open market to give him a starting job. So he's Same a reserve lineman. And Chance Warmack, another one. Pet project of Jeff Stoutland, the Eagles offensive line coach, former top 11 pick in the draft. 
He was inactive today. So you don't really leave yourselves that many options if, say, Amalu's ineffective or if one of your interior linemen get hurt. That falls on poor roster construction on the part of Howie Roseman, poor evaluation of the position. They ignored it in the draft this year Mm -hmm. after taking Vitae and, say, Amalu last year. Vitae looks like he might be half a player. The jury is still out on, say, Amalu, but not looking great. And outside of being able to run the ball, and it's all going to go back to that again, outside of being able to run the ball, get your offensive line in a rhythm where they're, you know, imposing their will in run blocking, I don't know what kind of fixes you're going to get along the offensive line because when you run the ball, offensive linemen talk about it all the time. That's when you're, you know, imposing your will, you're moving against your man, you're setting the tone, and when you're asked to play back on your heels 46, 50 times Mm -hmm. a game, that's a tough way to do business, particularly when one or two of your linemen are leaving a lot to be desired. Yeah, and Doug said after the game today he had to watch the tape, which is what all coaches normally say. But what I thought was interesting that he said was he didn't consider benching, benching Sayamalu. Now, like you mentioned, there's not a ton of options there, but I thought Sayamalu was so bad. I'm not blaming him for all the pressure, but he gave up half the sacks. And there was a few plays where I thought Doug had some really nice screen plays dialed up, looked like they could have been big gangs. Big, big uh, gains, and Sayamalu ruined it. Yep. So I'm not saying they definitely should have benched him, but I would have definitely considered it at least if I was Doug. I asked Chance Warmack today after the game. You know, have you been practicing more? Does it? You know, do you feel like maybe you're, you know, you're being considered to go in there? He said he's just been taking the same reps on both sides. He said obviously he wants to play. The football player in him said it was hard for him to uh, sit there today and watch him struggle. I would be surprised if the Eagles made a change along the offensive line next week against the Giants. Just because you mentioned there's not a ton of great options, even though you are, I guess, deeper at, at guard than you are at tackle. But the larger issue is, just to you know, move away from Sayamalu, the larger issue is this offensive line is a big problem. I mean, the cornerbacks, the receivers, the running backs, those are things we've really focused on. Yeah. If they can't protect Wentz, it's not going to matter again who is that receiver. I thought Alshon had a nice game today. I think he ended with... 70 yards or something like that. His best game, obviously, is an Eagle so far. Yeah, seven catches for 92 and a touchdown. And yeah. Granted, the touchdown came in garbage time, but but still, seven no, catches I mean, for 92, that's what you signed them for. And then Zach Ertz, again, leads the team with five catches for 97 yards. Torrey Smith could have had a way better day. He had two drops. Um, you know, and drops have been an issue for him. He, caught, he dropped 23 of his catchable passes in 2000, 23% of his catchable passes in 2017, according to Pro Football Focus. So that has, doesn't have to do with Chip's offense. That doesn't have to do with the quarterback play. Those are passes that hit him in the hand and he dropped 23% of them. So you saw today he struggled with those. Torrey Smith well. dropped two. Alshon, dro- Smith, yeah. Alshon Jeffrey dropped one or two on the deep balls and I wrote the Carson Wentz report card today and I thought his deep ball accuracy was better. I thought yeah. he put the ball in a catchable position for his receivers but they need to come down with those those catches. And I know that you know 50-50 balls are tough but you have to catch some of them. Yeah, and that's why you're paying these guys. I right. Mean, $15 million in cap space this year dedicated to Alshon and Torrey Smith. Aguilar was basically invisible today, short of his touchdown at the end of the game, which was in garbage time. But, look, this Eagles team, in, in the NFL, in my opinion, you win with a good defensive line, a good offensive line, and a good quarterback. I picked them to win the division because I thought they were strong in all those areas. The Eagles are going to play a Giants team next week that has a very bad offensive line. But the Eagles' offensive line is not playing well right now. And one of the bigger, the biggest concerns is, yes, say Amalu, but I don't think Lane Johnson is playing well. And this is a guy who is your is supposed to be your best offensive line uh, offensive lineman last year when he came back they were they were five and one with Lane Johnson and 
on the field last year, and I think people were very optimistic about how he would play this year. But I think he has been a real problem so far. And then you just go right down the line. Jason Kelsey didn't play play very well. Um, obviously, we talked about Sayamalu. Jason Peters has been a concern. He was so upset he wouldn't even talk after the game. Brandon Brooks has been wildly inconsistent. He's had yeah, some he's plays in the run best game. Offensive lineman. Sure, but Not there were a couple. There were a couple, uh, you know, blitzes today where he was a turnstile. And, and you yeah. look and you say to yourself, "What's Brandon Brooks doing mm-hmm. in, in that spot?" Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what they do this week in practice. But Doug said after the game, we have to coach him up and have him play better. That is the understatement of the century because yep. the Giants may be weak on the offensive line, but that Giants defense is going to be the best defense the Eagles will have faced so far this season. Very strong pass for us. Obviously a good secondary. So I think everyone's kind of penciled that Giants game up as a win. But look, if this offensive line keeps playing like this, not only are the Eagles going to struggle to win games, Wentz isn't going to make the season. I don't care what Doug says. Wentz can't keep taking those type of hits. I know he's a big, tough quarterback, but he's also had injury problems. I mean, he broke his ribs last year. He's broken hand when he, he was in when he was in college. So that is the biggest concern to me. And the interesting thing about it is, you know, we're talking about this game and, you know, the running back in LeGarrette Blunt was a huge issue. The offensive line was a huge issue. Overall, though, I think the Eagles should feel, should feel as a team, encouraged. I mean, it depends how badly you want to kill them for the offensive line, but they came into a tough place. I know this was my first time at Arrowhead. I believe it was yep. yours, too. Yep. And it's a loud stadium. I mean, the talk about it being a tough place to play was not was not exaggerated. I thought it was a tough environment against a good AFC team, against a head coach in Andy Reid that was obviously familiar with them and very familiar with Doug. And to only lose by seven points, I mean, I think, you know, they scored the garbage touchdown late. But I think if you just throw the score the score out of here, I thought the Eagles were very competitive with this team for the most part. Yeah, and I think that you look at this thing and you say the defense played well enough to put you in a position to win the game. Carson Wentz played well enough to put you in a position to win the game. But the offensive line and the running game sunk you. And Elliot, you wrote about this after last week's game against the Redskins, that there was going to come a game mm-hmm. where your inability to run the football was going to cost you. Yep. And I think that happened today. I think that the fact that you got away so quickly from running the ball again this week, the fact that you only ran 13 designed run plays and you dropped your quarterback back to pass 46 times, that's an indicator well, that this balance, like, this how, is not a balanced I mean, attack. How critical do you think we should be of Doug for the only 13 run plays? Because on one hand, I completely agree with you. You can't run it 13 times. It's not enough. On the other hand, it's not working. So, I mean, if you were Doug, would you have stuck with the run the run a little more? I mean, I think early in the Wentz, first quarter. Wentz was playing very well, in my opinion. I mean, the interception was bad, but I thought he was pretty sharp today. Yeah, I'm just looking through the play-by-play of the first quarter, and they ran the ball two times on their first drive. So two Not times great. on your first offensive possession, and granted, it was an 11-play, 58-yard scoring drive, so which you're going to feel 11. good about that, but two out of 11 plays, that's when you establish the run. You do it on your first drive. And, and I know that LeGarrette Blunt didn't play well last week, and we've been calling for him to either be released or calling for his role to be diminished ever since training camp. And I don't mean to come across hypocritical in saying this, but if it's not working with Sproles early or it's not working with Smallwood early, try it with Blunt. Rotate these guys in there in your first one or two possessions of the game. Two plays out of nine on your first drive of the of the of the contest. That's when it starts to get away from you because you don't try enough to stick it out and establish. Yeah, and that's anything. what I thought was interesting about Doug's comments after the game. He wasn't like, you know, saying. I went. He basically said he wanted to try something else, but what he was trying wasn't working. So I mean, he said he didn't go into the game with the, you know, with the already made decision of not playing Blunt. But it certainly looks that way because he only carried the ball one time, and that run was negated by a penalty. So the you know 
Sproles wasn't playing that well. Smallwood pl- wasn't playing that well. And Doug still didn't put Blunt out there. So I'm wondering if the Eagles are, are close to kind of just giving up on Blunt because, it, like yeah. you mentioned, if you're running the ball as poorly as you as the team is today, why not put Blunt out there, especially when seven days ago you had he was far and away the number one running back on this team in terms in terms of carries. They only ran the ball five times in the first half. That's pretty amazing. Right? I mean, I'm talking designed run plays. Especially I'm not... when you're on the road here. I mean, you want to try to, you know, control the clock and that type of thing. So yep. five times is I – th- see, I thought Doug did a good job overall play calling. Um, I thought he had some nicely timed uh, screen passes. I, so I thought he was good. But you're right. The running play – the lack of running plays is a concern. And how ironic is it that it's against Andy Reid, a, pl- a guy that, you know, fans obviously never felt ran the ball enough. So, all right, the running game, the offensive line. Let's just talk about Wentz for a little bit. Because yep. obviously, you've said it a bunch. The season, you know, I think we both think they're going to be at least maybe close to a playoff team. I think they will win the division. I haven't changed my opinion on that. But again, the season is all. I don't think be they're a playoff Wentz. team. I think it's an 8 and 8, 9 and 7 team, which if you're 9 and 7, you're in, the, you're in a position to make yeah. the playoffs, right? So I, I can't say you're being pie in the sky optimist. I'm just saying that I think that bigger picture, as you said, this is all about developing Wentz, watching him take that step forward. And through two weeks, I think you have to come away really encouraged about Carson Wentz. I think mm-hmm. you have to come away feeling good about his performance today. I knew he threw the interception in a really bad spot, but it was tipped at the line of scrimmage. Not a whole lot you can do about that. I thought his ability to scramble and make plays, that, that drive-saving conversion on third and 13 where huge. he scrambled for the first down was huge. You only came away with a field goal there, but you came away with points. There were other times. The deep ball accuracy has improved. I think that him and Jeffrey are starting to warm up, and as illustrated by 97 yards again today, Zach Ertz is still a focal point of this offense largely because of Carson Wentz. So I look at what Wentz was in week two a year ago, juxtaposed against what we've seen out of two weeks this year, Elliot. I feel good. I, I think he's taking that step that you wanted to see him take in his second yeah, year. Yeah, to me, one of the main plays I saw from Wentz today was, and I already mentioned earlier, when he takes that hit, he takes a huge hit that looked like the hit he had taken that broke his ribs last year, gets up, runs the next play, scrambles for the first down. I thought that was really where you kind of see the intangibles that Wentz has and why he's why he was voted a captain by his teammates. But one thing that really stood out to me today was his accuracy. You mentioned the deep ball accuracy. I thought he was better with that, but even not with just the deep passes, I thought he was extremely sharp. I think he was, I think he hit his first five passes. Um, I just think his accuracy looks extremely improved. I mean, I think part of that is the receivers, but there wasn't really any balls today where you can say he got bailed out. I mean, I thought all of them were basically right on the money. The two that Torrey Smith dropped, I mean, those were plays that really could have changed the game. I thought, you know, that was those are the passes you have to catch. So I thought Wentz played very well um, overall. And, yeah, I do think you should be encouraged by what you've seen from Wentz over the first two games. I don't think he's a reason they've lost. I don't think he's a reason that they lost today. And I think that even when you consider the offensive line play that he's had around him, that – that he's even he could be even better if if not for more protection. But the other thing I wanted to talk about was um, Alshon. So yeah. I said with 24 minutes left in the game, so about midway through the third, Alshon needed to step up and be that number one receiver that the Eagles are paying him to be. And I thought he did that. I mean, he had his best game, obviously, as the Eagles. That touchdown catch was huge. I mean, we're all watching the play. It gets thrown. It looks like the flag is on Torrey Smith. It looked like that's where the ball was headed. Right. Alshon keeps his wits about him, grabs the pass, turns around. And crawls in. in. 
Yeah, yep. and that was a huge play. So I thought Alshon played pretty well today. I thought they made a concerted effort to get him involved early. When you look at, he had two catches on the first drive, um, disappeared a they little bit. They targeted him 13 times. Yeah, and that's I think he was only targeted three or four times. Last, or no, I think he was targeted seven times Seven last times last week, week. Yep. 20 times through two games. Um, and they went to him at the beginning of the game and at the beginning of the third quarter. So they're clearly making an effort to get him the ball. And he paid them for it today. I mean, you know, he... he, he uh, did a good job. So I thought Alshon played well. Um, let's talk about maybe the biggest play of the game and the game, the play that concerns you. So I thought one play that really cost him was that Vinny Curry missed sack. Yes, big time. Yeah. Um, you know, he, big missed, time. he misses that sack. Uh, he gets And Brandon a- Graham was in the area too. So one of those two needed to tackle him and not let Alex Smith scramble for the first down. Yeah, but Curry at the line of scrimmage gets past his guy, gets both of his hands basically on Smith. Smith scrambles. Gets the first down. Two plays later, the Chiefs score the t- uh, score a touchdown. Had Curry brought Smith down, that would have been that, I believe it was third down. So they would have either had the punter kick the or they would kick a field goal based on where they were. So I thought that was one of the biggest plays of the game in terms of catching it. Um, so may, you know now that we've talked about the offensive line, the running game, and all that, what are your what's your biggest takeaway from today as we leave Arrowhead Stadium? Are yeah. you feeling better or worse about this Eagles team? I'm feeling, and I, I don't mean to straddle the fence here. I feel a lot better about the defense because I know that they gave up some yards today. I know that they gave up 27 points to the Kansas City Chiefs. But I'm feeling better because of the fact that they got consistent pressure on on Alex Smith. They sacked him four times. I like the fact that they, you know, didn't get ambushed in the running game. Kareem Hunt averaged six yards a carry and two touchdowns. But, you know, a big chunk of it was that 53-yard long run in the third quarter. But I, I'm really concerned, Elliot, about this team's inability to run the football, the inability to get anything going with the offensive line. I think those two are tied hand-in-hand, hand. and I don't think that if you're a one-dimensional offense like this, I don't think that you have a chance to win many toss-up games. Yeah. No, I mean, you've been saying that, and I'm starting to come on, on your side with that. On one hand, I walk out of Airhead Stadium feeling more encouraged about this team in the way that I thought they responded to this really well. Tough place to play. Second-year head coach, second-year quarterback. They didn't look rattled at all. I mean, we can argue about why they won, why they lost. They didn't lose because they were rattled. I thought they met the moment, and they played well. But one of the reasons I think overall I probably feel worse about this team than I did before the game is I thought the offensive line would be better than they did. And now this is really – you've seen nothing since training camp open from this offensive line to make you think they can turn it around. Yep. And that is very concerning. I mean, yeah, they've played good pass rushes, but there's a good pass rush coming in next week against the Giants. So the Eagles' offensive line has to step up. I think – I still think they're you know, a 9-10 win team. But this offensive line really, really has to improve. Yep, and without the offensive line improving, you're not going to be able to run the ball. And if you don't try to run the ball effectively, you're not going to fix the offensive line. That's just the fact of the matter. If you're going to be in pass protection 50 times a game, your offensive line is not going to develop any sort of consistency. And unfortunately, Elliot, I think that's going to make it a real struggle for this team to compete. Yeah, I agree. So next week's game against the Giants is obviously a big game. I had them at 0-2 heading into week three. So they're already a game ahead for Same me. Here. I think yep. you did too. So at the end of the day, they do have concerns, but I think we both agree they're maybe a little ahead of where we thought they would be at this point, just in terms of win-loss. Agreed. So, all right, so we're going to get out of here. But before we do, the one thing I really want to tell you guys is we did it last week. I thought it was a lot of fun. But remember, send us your hot takes. Today is Sunday. We're going to do our next podcast on Tuesday. And we're going to read your questions, your takes on the game. So use hashtag the No Huddle Show on Twitter. We read every single one. We'll most likely talk about it on the podcast. So tweet us your hot take at 
uh, hashtag no huddle show. Or if you really want to go in, you really have a lot to say, more than 140 characters, email us at the no huddle show at njadvancemedia.com. Again, those are for your longer responses. And I think there's going to be a lot of complaining about Blunt, a lot about the offensive line. So I'd imagine there's going to be a ton there. And I forgot to say it at the beginning of the podcast, but everyone go subscribe. Um, we're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, we're on SoundCloud, we're on Google Play, we're all over. So go subscribe, leave us those five star reviews. We really appreciate it. And we appreciate the feedback. Um, we read every single one, and I know, at least I do, and I'm sure you do too, we read it, and we try to talk about the things you want to, and we try to you know, shape the show a little bit around what you guys are saying. So I do appreciate everyone that's been giving us that feedback. So that's it for me for Arrowhead Stadium. Like I said, we'll be back on Tuesday. We'll have the reaction show. We'll both have had a game to watch this. We'll both have had a chance to watch this game a few more times. I can't even put my words together at this point, so we're going to wrap this up. Matt, I will talk to you on Tuesday. See you back in Philly.